Guys, welcome to another episode of Me and the Crew. I'm your host, Sean E. Leverett. Today's show is entitled Spirituality versus Religion. I brought along a friend of mine, my spiritual brother, Jeff Vopis. Um, we both grew up in the church. We both grew up in organized religion, and we both eventually got away from it for our own personal reasons. So um, I'm excited for you guys to hear the show today. The topic is not... Um, taboo by any means it actually needs to be had with all the fanatical things that are going on and people being killed in the name of religion or just belief so when we come back jeff and i are going to jump right into it hey Guerrero, checking in while i'm in los angeles you'll find me kicking it with sean from me and the crew At Rooted Friends Project, we're on a mission to transform lives and create brighter futures. Our vision is simple. Empower underserved communities through education, nutrition, and active engagement. Through our innovative programs, we're addressing crucial needs like health awareness, academic support, and personal growth. We're not just a nonprofit. We're a family. Together, we're making a real impact one child at a time. But to keep changing lives, we need your support. With your help, we can reach even more children and families. Your donation will go directly towards expanding our programs, hosting events, and providing essential resources. Join us in creating brighter futures for the next generation. Together, we can make a difference that lasts a lifetime. Rooted Friends Project, empowering today's children to become tomorrow's leaders. The difference between being religious and having a spiritual base. There are two different things. It sounds basic, but I believe there are some differences. Religious individuals tend to follow a set of rules or a certain doctrine or book, something that is typically rigid and organized, where spirituality is based on an individual and their self-accountability. They believe in a higher power or something greater than themselves. Not necessarily an individual, but something greater than themselves. I believe that if you are a fanatic either way, to the point where you are forcing individuals to believe what you believe it is harmful. How do you feel about that, brother? That's amazing. And it's so true. And there's so much I want to dive into with that because, I mean, you just, you laid everything out in the opening right there. My story is that I was brought up uh, in a very structured, organized, Mm -hmm. fire and brimstone type church. Mount Rose Missionary Baptist Church, um, located in the city of Watts, uh, East 90th and Compton Avenue. Women were not allowed in the church unless you had dresses on that went past your knees. Uh, if you were wearing pants, you were, if you were a woman and you were wearing pants, you were stopped at the door. In order to, I've been bringing bringing back a lot of memories as as a child, um, and knowing what I know now, because I'd like to think I'm more spiritually mature, uh, not wasted years, but um, I wish I had found God sooner. Very structured, brother. Very very structured. If you wanted to use the bathroom while service was going on, you would lift one. You would lift your hand, one finger pointing to the sky. You would put your head down. You would not make eye contact with the pulpit. And you would go all the way around. Very few men. um, You can count the men, and I'm not exaggerating with this, outside of the pastor and the associate pastor. You can count the men in that church on one hand. Um, And we had a neighborhood filled, uh, filled with young men. And you just, there were just none in there. And being honest, man, the church saved me from me many a day because when I wasn't in service, when I wasn't worshiping, when I wasn't in a choir, when I wasn't doing any of the activities that the church had going on, I was in trouble. And when I say in trouble, I'm talking not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. I was doing things that the neighborhood offered and the neighborhood didn't offer much. I know our stories parallel with some of this, right? Yeah, 100%. And <clears throat> excuse me, that's so that's so true. And that's a big reason why we wanted to have the podcast today about this is because so many people, and we'll get into this, but I feel like <clears throat> people 
people take the role of Jesus or of God when they get the leader role of the church and they become, mm-hmm. like you said, very judgmental. <clears throat> and I actually, the thing that kind of, I guess I was a battle rapper before battle rapper, but a lot of people would come try to say stuff to me in the church and I would start looking at their hands and they said, what are you looking at? I said, I'm looking for your nail holes where you died on the cross for my sins. <laughs> and they didn't like that. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, that got me in some hot water there. So, but I would tell them that because I was like, look, you were saved by grace, just like I was. You mm. are not any better than me. It's not, I've been saved by Jesus and you're first and I'm 42nd and mm. this one and that one and down the list. <clears throat> and I feel like so many people step up in that leadership role when, if you follow the leadership of God, it's the you know loving, it's the nurturing, it's the protector, it's the leader right. of the flock. You know, and Jesus did that with love. And I think so many leaders of spirituality, just like you said, I mean, that's nuts about like yeah. you had to look down and you had to raise your hand and this and that. It's like, we can go, we can go be beat up in the street. Why are we stepping in church to get beat up? Just being honest, brother, the church kept me out of trouble sometime. We didn't have any organized sports teams or clubs nothing for us to get into anything that we wanted or anything that we participated in we created ourselves where you grew up was every man for himself it was yeah. survival it was it was it was crabs in a bucket it was like i got to get the heck out of here and i got to get out of here now and i got to get out of yeah. here yesterday and i got to get out of here by any means and it was that <clears throat> nobody will understand that desperation unless they were you know face it nobody yeah. will ever understand what that was yeah, yeah, very, very true, man. And just, I, I had some confusion issues with, uh, with the word and reading the Bible verbatim. Um, and and as I hungered and as I searched and as I questioned, none of that was being was that the, none of that itch was being scratched. N- none of those questions were being answered. And that you know happened early into my adulthood. And just being honest. I joined the church because that was the only way you could go to the picnic. Mm. <laughs> I joined I, I joined the church because that is the only way you could play on a sports team. Yeah. I had I had no desire to to get to know anything more of what they were offering from 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 a, a religious uh perspective. Um and you know as as you look back or as I look back into it man it saved me from some things you know even though the, the teachings weren't um, what you know they should be but as far as like being out in the neighborhood it, it, it was it was a sanctuary it was a sanctuary you'd be in church sometimes and you'd hear gunshots or oh, like, yeah. as soon as soon as you got out of church you'd run home to get dressed so you can go do some knucklehead stuff you know yeah. Um, and this wasn't like when I was a young and this was like early, you know, mid teens, you know, mid mid teens. I, cause I came back when I was 14, 15. So right around that time, that, that, that was a dangerous time. That was a dangerous time. And just being honest, if I had not had that trip away from the neighborhood and if I did not have some of that instilled in me, um, I, I, I couldn't tell you where I'd be. Real talk. I, I couldn't tell you where I'd be, and none of none of my family members, and there are six kids, mother and father, none of them went to church or practiced any kind of religion or any kind of spirituality at all. Zero. So it was just on me, um, and that was yeah. that. That personally, man, that was it, it. It was tough. It was tough because you get this information for an hour or two, and then you'd go home and try and not only translate it but live it and if if that environment was not conducive to what you were doing for those two hours outside of that it just it just kind of you know fell off your shoulder or brushed by the wayside yeah there was no that's a great point there was no example there was no you know dad's doing it this way mom's doing it this way my brother's doing it this way it was like i took this from this situation and I'm bringing it into another situation surrounded by people that I'm the only one. So I'm going off of what I just learned and I'm trying to piece it together in my head in a situation where there's no nurturing of it. It's very difficult. Yeah. And you know, and I, I look at it now, man, and my middle sister is married to a pastor, but none of my other siblings 
same thing. You know, none, none of them practice. They don't look down on you for believing what you believe or or being spiritual in any kind of way. But at, you know, to my knowledge, none of them are praying or believing or anything like that. Um, and I'll tell that story real quick. You know, the the story of my mom passing um, at her funeral when I got up because I, I she passed on a Tuesday. The last time I saw her was that Sunday because we had moved her so far out and got up at her at her service and I'm sitting up speaking and my brother-in-law whispers in my ear while I'm speaking about her and just laughing and joking and he's like you know you know mom, mom received she received Christ you know right before she passed and so when that was told to me wow. it, it, it it broke that moment where I started you know I, I was crying and, and people you know rushing up to me so to speak and I'm like no 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 you guys you guys don't get it you don't understand I'm good I'm good. The, the message that was just given to me is something I, I was praying for. So and, and I didn't go into detail with that with them because that I thought that was personal. That's why he whispered it to me. Mm -hmm. um, but it was um, man, it, it, it put everything into perspective for me where that day was just really, really, really light for me. Mm. It was really light, you know, as opposed to getting ready for that hard hit you know, uh, of what she's not, she's gone and she's, you're, ne you're never going to see her again. The last conversation with her was the last conversation you had with her. And um, yeah, bro, that, that, that right there made my day. And that, that directly correlates with um, when, when I, I talk about like my siblings, like my brother will will call me or he'll talk to me. It's like, you know, well, Sean, I know you believe in this, you know, and I'm I'm trying to understand it or, or trying to make sense of it. And I'm I'm thinking like, dude, you have access to to, to the same things I do. You just gotta believe. You know, you have yeah. to you yeah you gotta believe, you gotta pray. But for him it's 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 not that simple. You know, the same way you'll you'll talk to some people, it's like, well I don't know how to pray. Like there is no right way or wrong way to pray. You get it, you know, you're you're, you're talking to God and however you want, you however you need to talk to him. So as you grow closer to him, you'll find that you connect with them in certain ways that are certain um, specifics that you have to be specific about in order to, you know, just feel comfortable receiving that. Um but yeah, man, that's it, it it's it's been a journey to this point, brother, for me. That's that's an incredible story, and thank you for sharing it. And that kind of talks about, I mean, we could go into, you know, a lot of people may, may be sitting here and, you know, say, how could Sean have peace after that? Well, that's that's the peace of God, and that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's, right. that's what we're talking about when we talk about religion versus, like, a relationship or, you know, spirituality of, like, that's a piece that like it's it, it's God talking directly to you and it's not something that was sent you know what I'm saying like from somebody else to tell you that's like a message from God and like you said you were crying because you received something that you prayed for you yeah. know that <clears throat> that you you know you even said you're like you know now that you know she accepted Christ you'll be with her forever when you you know go home and it's another level of peace it's another level of comfort it's another level of connection um because the relationship's not over it's just delayed a little bit until you see your mom again and that's just that's incredible and how you talked about <clears throat> you know there's no right or wrong way to pray like you were telling your brother and that's by mistake i totally didn't answer the question that you asked me um yeah <clears throat> i do have a situation with the church and you know, I was raised Catholic and being Italian, you're kind of like born in and you're kicked into, you know, Saturday service and that's it. And you're Catholic and you're putting ashes on your head for Ash Wednesday and that's it. And there's nothing wrong mm. with that. <clears throat> I love that through being Catholic at the time I saw, it always impressed me like how they built statues or like mm. you like would walk into it's almost like you were back in the day with Jesus with the stained glass windows and the statues and the, just like the visual presence of God. But when I got mm. saved <clears throat> at a Josh McDowell concert, I then felt the presence of God. I just didn't see it. I felt it. And then with my situation, you know, I was in church and I had premarital sex and I was asked to leave 
you know, because they said you disgraced the youth ministry and, 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 you know, and this one and that one, because I had a high school girlfriend, I had sex before marriage. And they said, you know, you didn't represent God, right. And, you know, you disgraced us and disgraced this. And it taught me that, you know, God can speak for himself. It's called the living word. If God has something to say, the word lives, he will say it to you, either whisper in your ear or deep down in your soul or through the Bible. And it just Help me say that no God represents forgiveness. If these people don't want to forgive me, if these people look down on me, that's fine. They didn't die on a cross for me. Jesus did. Mm. So I'll move on and keep that relationship with Christ. <laughs> and that's that piece. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, my apologies, man. You know, I, I know some of your background story. I didn't, I don't know in detail. And I know oh, you no, talked, yeah, I know you talked previously about uh, leaving the church and I didn't know why. Um, oh yeah, the premarital sex. Yeah, <clears throat> no, they they basically they ba I don't know if you could get like kicked out like it's a gang, but they basically was like, <laughs> like you're disgraced, God. You're but it's like you ever walk into a room like you argue with somebody, maybe friends or something. You walk in the room and it's a meat locker, man. You yeah. just feel that cold shoulder, and I was like, yeah. okay, this is what it is. Like I went and spoke. <clears throat> I did Sunday services in the church a couple times. Like they actually let me do. Um, Sunday service like twice so I spoke in front of the whole congregation and then I did a lot of stuff with the youth groups a lot of stuff we would go do the rescue missions I would be out there leading and you know the one that spoke up I would do all the back in the day they had to see you at the pole like I would lead some of those like you know this praying at the schools I would do all this and they basically said you disgraced God and I said okay so <clears throat> not that it's all about me but you're looking at me <clears throat> excuse me you're looking at me from a human perspective. And it's not like, oh, you did all these works, yay, Jeff. But it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you disgraced God. So forget everything I did do. I did, you know, all these things right. And then I messed up, did the one thing wrong. And you're saying mm -hmm. that you're basically want me out of here because I disgraced it. I didn't know I was going to a church with all perfect people, excuse me, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what it was. And I got burned by that. And a lot of, and being 16 and being so like, you know, wow. molded in high school. And I stepped out from my faith in high school and I stepped out yeah. from my faith in my family and my family supported me. They were, it was just Catholic. You were Catholic and that's, that's what the family went with. And they have respected, but I said, you know, I'm going this way. And so it's not that my family didn't support it. They supported it, but they just believed in, and being Catholic more than what I was doing. And that's fine. So I didn't really get the support there. <clears throat> I didn't get the support in high school. And the place I thought I was completely safe was my home base was church. I then mm -hmm. was kicked out of that. And I easily could have let that spiral me out. But that was God saying, trust me, I know how to speak for myself. You know, I forgive you of it. Move on, forgive yourself. And let's keep going down the road of what I have planned for you. Wow, man. You know, I, I know some of the uh, the facets of, of, you know, catharticism. You know, my mom was Catholic. Okay. But, no, but my mom only was Catholic when it served her. When, oh, <laughs> I, I, I've never, I've never seen her. I've never seen her pray. She had her rosary beads around her Bible. I've never seen her read her Bible. Um, but she would say something, I, and I have no idea what it would even be connected to. But something would go on. She'd be like, "I can't do that. I'm Catholic." And we'd look at each other like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess we're Catholic also." You know, we yeah. we were small. <laughs> we were small then. Um, yeah. But there was there was no there was no consistent consistency with any of that. And she'd throw it out periodically. Um, but, but she'd tell me about growing up and, and some of the, and I won't even say hardships because she would just wash over those things. But she'd talk about how the organ, she'd talk about organized religion. And she, that's yeah. what she would say, you know, every, every now and then she dipped in and out of being Catholic. But she would definitely talk about organized religion and how it is used, you know, um, detrimentally toward, especially for people of color. Mm -hmm. You know, and just trying to get her to to try and change that 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 skewed mindset. I I I couldn't reach her. I never I never could. She'd always say to me, "If God wanted her, He knows where to find me." So mm. <laughs> like, "Mommy, wow. you need to stop." Playing. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Mama, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> you need to stop playing with that. Um, so with that, I, I never pushed or asked. Uh, for, for her her views on religion or spirituality or anything like that because it was it was a hot topic button for her and it was um you know looking back I wish I had stayed in that conversation no matter how uncomfortable it became for her longer um, but I, I wasn't the person that I am now you know um, and in regards to your situation man I damn that that's got to be tough at 16 I was gonna ask your age but you threw that out before I could get to it. 
Yeah, um, it was, man. And especially coming off of everything I came off of with 11, 12, 13, and, you know, getting saved at 15. And I mean, you know, having, I'm not trying to be funny, but having premarital sex, like you don't really understand that at such a young age. And then not at kicked all. out of, and then kicked out of your home base, you're like, okay, so is this like the scarlet letter? I'm supposed to wear this on me mm-hmm. now? Like, you know, I messed up for life and this and that. So there's tons of ways that I could have. I could have gotten the gang. I could have gotten the streets then. I could have got all this stuff. And, and thank God that God said, follow me. That's not me speaking. And, and God really spoke to me like, yes, I hold you to this standard. But mm-hmm. number one is love. I forgive you. I'll guide you. I'll, I'll help you find another church. You may have lost the church, but you haven't lost me. And that wow. was the biggest thing with God. Uh, <clears throat> with, with the young lady, man, was she part of the church also? Did did the congregation know who she was? Yeah. So, I got snitched on. I went to high school with some of the kids in the youth group and they snitched <laughs> on me. They were like, they were like, we know that you were with so-and-so. It's a rumor. And they all confronted me and went and got so not only I totally forgot about that. Do you ask Sean how it happened? But not only not only did they know, but everybody at school know, like, oh, church boy had premarital sex. So I was looked down at school. <laughs> I was looked down at the church. I was looked down wow. at my house. I was like, yeah, I was like, the only place I could look up was Jesus. So yeah, I totally oh. forgot about that until you asked me, man. Wow. Uh, yeah. Now I was going to ask, was she shunned also if she was in that environment and how did she deal with it? No, she was, uh, I want to be very careful when I say this. Uh, I don't want to say a fast girl, but she was, um, she, she, she wasn't views. yeah yes, I was gonna yeah, say, yeah, she, yeah she wasn't where respectfully you were. I yeah that. respectfully yeah. shit you know so it was good guy bad girl like the opposite of the good good boy you know yeah the, i get know, it the good girl bad guy you know what i'm saying like that so yeah yeah bro i, I get it <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it um my my first marriage man um my, my, my first marriage some older son's mom um our, our how far do i want to go back with that we got married, went on a three-week honeymoon, came back two weeks into the marriage, not the wedding. Two weeks into the marriage, we were in counseling. Um, and we had people prior to that who had been married for a while, you know, including my parents who weren't trying to give any advice, but you had that visual and audible example of what to stand by and total opposite for her. She doesn't come from that kind of family. Um who were telling us, you know, get in a good Bible-based church, you know, find couples who look like you, who believe, who understand the word of God and how a man and woman are are to interact and how they are to to be together. And her and I, we're like, we got this. Nah, we're we're good. We got this. You know, we're both young. We're both headstrong. We're just not trying to listen or hear anybody. And my thinking was, you know, if, if I love her, the right way or she hangs around my family all the time that will rub off on her um and just being honest neither of us were trying to hear from god at that time we weren't trying to live righteously we weren't trying to live the husband and wife thing through um through through any spiritual means at all and sure enough when we came back from the honeymoon uh it it there was conflict um, because it was just flesh on flesh, and it's just us wanting our own ways um, with each other. Uh, and that, I, I meant for, for the first uh, two, I, I'd, I'd say the first two or three years, it, it, was, it was tough, bro. It, it was. Wow. It was tough. Um, but what changed, and I'm great <clears throat> at telling them, I'm great at telling them myself, so I'm going to tell this one also. So we joined a church that her mother... Uh, huge, a mega church uh, that her mother had joined. And we went and it was just, um... <laughs> it... Oh, how do I want, how, do I... how much do I want to tell? It was like a club environment without the music. Okay. Uh, the, the, the dress, uh, so some of, some of the ear hustling with the dialogue, some of the things that were going on, but it was a mega church with, with, with a reputable name and, you know, a huge fan base. Um, so once again, you know, thumbs up, you know, when we have this going on, we have that going on, but in order for you to be part of this, you have to join our congregation. 
So what did I do? I joined our congreg I joined that congregation. And so a little bit after that, um, I decided to go and, and my hip, uh, my son's mom and I were on the outs. We we're, ser we're seriously considering divorce, like we always were, but never did. Um, yeah. And we, I went to this men's retreat up in the mountains. I didn't know a single person there, not a single one, which, which and was- you, That's uh, faith, that's faith. And you yeah. went, and yeah. that's faith. Yeah, and, I, and the thing was, man, it wasn't scary in the sense of like, you know, I'm not sure what's gonna happen to <clears> me. <throat> it was extremely uncomfortable. Mm. It was it was extremely uncomfortable because I mean it was up in in the mountains in cabins where you'd stay like in like a cabin with like six men no you know no uh, self and you didn't know of, anybody man bruh bruh but the thing thing is man um it it, it, it changed my perspective that that was <clears> one <throat> of the best things that happened to me as a man connectively um with with, with the person I'm dealing with initially, um, mm. because you know you'd sit up and talk, and they'd be laughing at you, and it's, and and it's like, man, y'all don't get it. They're like, we, we we get it, young brother. It's just that we've all been there. Yeah. And the thing is, you think that you're the only one who knows this, or you're the only one who understands how this feels, or you're the only one going through it. And coming to find out, there were a gang of people who had been there where you were. Yeah. So my guard, my guard came down. All of a sudden, I'm like leading a domino tournament at because I, that's what I know. I, I I don't know the Bible, but <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I know I know dominoes. So so, so all right, after that, we're putting in teams. Martin, Dirt, you know, I'm getting to know the names yeah. and those kind of things, man. These are bros from all different backgrounds: actors, uh, musicians. Uh, production, uh, just just all kinds of people and. When I came back that Sunday night or whatever that, um, I, I was different. You know, I, I was different. My, my shoulders were down when I walked into the house. Um, I, I saw her differently. I saw her differently. So as opposed to seeing her as my enemy, I, I checked myself first on everything, on mm -hmm. every on everything, and I was able to see me. You know that 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 kind of discernment, that that kind of just wash over. Um, that started at a Bible-based uh, men's retreat up in Lake Arrowhead. And I, I will always be grateful for that, man. Always be grateful for that, brother. That's an amazing story. But even, <clears throat> even with you not knowing the Bible and stuff, you still contributed to your, you know, your leadership role and your community and you're putting people together with the dominoes with that you were still like hey this is how i know how to relax this is how i know how to bring joy this is how i get to know the group and loosen everybody up so you still were doing that you know in your own way with the dominoes yeah and just just being honest yeah but to show you how um that that kind of power for me just tapping into that was not so much overwhelming but uh i abused it um, because as I got more into the word and as I learned and as I what thought what what my role was and reading specifics um, and trying to apply them not only in my household, but outside of the household and mentoring the youngsters, uh, we started a, a support group for for young married couples. So to go from where we were to having this leadership role where we were the heads of this this young uh, this young couple, we did not handle it right at all. That the things in which um, that I was experiencing growing up at Mount Rose, um, I, I did some of those same judgmental things and those same ownership, uh, those same ownership qualities, trying to tell people, well, this is how your marriage should be based mm -hmm. on what the Bible says. This is what God wants from you based on... I, I I was wrong in so many ways. So what you found is that the, the couples that you were dealing with, all of a sudden they weren't coming. You you'd have the, the house the houses would be full. Then next thing you know, you're down to like six or seven couples. Get it? Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And yeah, <clears throat> not 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 putting two and two together. I wasn't putting two and two together, um, including my cousin. Uh, I, I ran him and his wife away, and and they were searching. They, they, they were they were searching. They, they they were trying to keep it together and try and get some things together in their relationship. Um, and all they got was judgment for us. That's that's all that's all they got. 
Um, so that that kind of and I, I won't even say discernment because what I was hearing was my own voice. <laughs> it was it wasn't what God was telling me to do, man. I, I wasn't like necessarily praying on it, you know. But but before I gave that uh, before I gave that instruction, before I gave that tutelage, I wasn't praying on it and waiting for a response. Um, but it's so I smart mean, that you see that because so many people. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, bro. No, I I, I see it now. Yeah, I, yeah I, see, but, I definitely see it now. Mm-hmm. Right, but so many people, especially when you're, you know, you grow up in the church and you see that, and I'm not making excuses. It's, it's, it's what we see. It's what we know. It's what information we have at the time. <clears throat> you said, okay, I'll take this. I've been put in this role. I'll pray for it, and I got it from here, God. And you kind of put your hand up at God like, yo, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and you don't even mean to, but it's like you're trying to help, and that's why I've done that too. And a lot of times I'll, I'll ask God, like, I will tell God from time to time, like, hey, like if I don't get something, I'm like hit me in the head with a brick, so I know, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's what we have to do. But you were doing your best, but you were just doing off of what you were taught, what you thought, like you said, what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, that 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 um, from a guilt standpoint, man, that aided me <laughs> for a long, long time, and you know, after you come out of that, you know, and his mom, um, my oldest son's mom, and I eventually divorced. Um, when when you when you eventually run into some of the people that you were influencing, some of the people who you were dealing with back in the day, and just having an honest conversation um, with them about some of the struggles they had going on individually, um, I, I, and you didn't know. And the thing is, you weren't really taking. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to take the time to get to know that. Um, it was more so this is what God said, stand on that. Um, I, I wasn't listening to them at all. I wasn't listening to their fears. I wasn't listening to their concerns. Um, I wasn't listening to the struggles they had with some of the things, and particularly as men. Mm. You know? So, um, you know, so as, as you fast forward and you've had, you know, you've, you've able, you're able to just like see things differently and and just connecting with people on a whole different level. Um, I, I wish you know you wish you had done you wish you had done that then, uh, but you know you, you can't you can't unring that bell. But you look at it and it's just like man, there there are a lot of souls searching for for answers with some things, and you know we we didn't go about doing it the right way. We didn't you know we kept our clique really close and we tried to invite other people in. And but those who did not fit that, uh, we weren't trying to wash over them with any kind of patience and love. Just being honest. Right. Well, I mean, when you step into a role like that, it's very easy in the church to want to build an army instead of following the leader. The leader is God. Right. Right. So it's very easy. <clears throat> it's very easy to do that because it's like, hey, you know, I mean, if you read the Bible, nothing's in there just because, you know, I mean. You really have to pay attention how Jesus led the flock. Jesus led the flock. Jesus led the disciples with love, even mm-hmm. when they came to, you know, crucify him. And I think it was Peter that chopped off the ear and he put it back on. He said, no, you know, I mean, it, it's so like when you become in that leadership role in the church, as a human being, you say, I'm responsible for the flock. I want to better this. I want to help these people. Okay, well, mm-hmm. what information do I have to help? Well, I have the Bible and this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's everything we have, we have, we have, we have, we have, we do, we do, but we never look to the reason we are all here, and that's Jesus. You know, and how did, how, how did God lead? What would God want from these people? Like you said, that was a great point, and so many people don't do it, and I didn't do it for the longest time. Pray and wait. Mm-hmm. You said I didn't pray and wait on God. I didn't have patience. <clears throat> what does God have in the Bible? Love, patience. He was always there, you know what I'm saying? We didn't, you know, God, God never was lost. We were, right. you know, so right. I mean, God had patience, God had love. And as human beings, like you say, it's the flesh and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily people hear the flesh and they think, oh, lust. It's like, no, if I want to go this way and I'm making all these decisions about me, whether that's a relationship with God, whether that's a relationship, husband and wife, or that's friendship, whatever. And it's all me, me, me. That's the flesh because the flesh mm-hmm. is selfish. Me, me, me. So you know, we're doing what we quote unquote think is right, but it's very easy to do the, to do the wrong things the right way. Meaning, oh yes, we're leading the church. We're doing this. We're doing everything we're supposed to do. But the problem is 
all these ingredients are not getting the results we want because we never put the main, main ingredient in there. And that's Jesus. That's God. That's love. That's patience. That's all this. So, I mean, for you to see that, I totally get it. And I mean, I think it hits you so hard because, you know, as men, especially you and I behind the scenes have had conversations as a man, there's not many times we talk about our feelings. Like we have to be broken. We have to be hit. We have to be what there's, we don't, unfortunately, and I'm not making fun. This is not being funny. Guys don't sit around like girls do and say, this is what's bothering me. Let's talk about it. Let's fix it. You would not get half of that sentence. Try that at a basketball court back in the day. Try that at a domino game. Try that at a card game. You, bro, you get the deck of cards thrown at you. get people leaving the table. You get people cracking on your hand and your issues. It just wouldn't happen like that. So for a guy to come out like that hits you in the retreat, you know, it's like, oh, it's just so uncomfortable. It's just so this because we're so with our feelings and there's nothing else to distract it. There's nothing yeah. else to, quote, unquote, be a man. We're just sitting here with our feelings and now we have to do something about it. Oh, uh, Jeff, man, that's rough. That's as, as funny as that is. That is 100 percent accurate. <laughs> think about how the world would be if and right. I say this very respectfully. Think about minus wars, minus BS, minus mm. racism, minus mm. hatred. Think of and this is not a knock. The guys because i'm very alpha <clears throat> if guys would be as open and humble and confident as women are to express their feelings and on the mm. flip side of that if guys as friends would be receptive and say hey bro you're hurting i want to help you the yeah. world would be a different place but we just yeah. suck it be a man be a man i got it be a man tough enough do this punch somebody in the face feel better have a drink Go sleep yeah. with the chick. It's not it's not fixing the problems. It's putting constant band-aids on them. And those band-aids are like Dollar General band-aids that fall off and don't do anything and last for three seconds. Yeah. And then just for you guys who, you know, you don't know, but Jeff is that brother for me. You know, there is no BS Thank with him. I, I, I can be real with him. I can be down to earth with him. Uh, but, I, but I know where his, his power and his faith lies. So with that, I, you want you want to be connected to that because you know it's always coming from a place of love. It's always coming place from a place of godly love as opposed to a flesh a fleshly love. Where you know if you're talking to one of your boys, you know he's going to tell you where you know just drink it away or medicate it away or sex it away or or or, or something which is going to and I won't even say a band aid, but it's going to take it's going to alleviate. The problem in the sense where you don't have to think about it for the moment. The problem is still there. The issue is still there, but you don't have to think about it because mentally and sometimes physically, you're you're in a whole different headspace. So with that, man, I'm I'm thankful for you, bro. And I'm you know we we've connected on that level, and you know our our connection will always be based on who you are, not not what you do. Not what you have, not what you drive, not who you know, just based on who you are. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, brother. Thank you. And I'm thankful for that. And you're that person for me, too. And, that, and that's, that's the thing that, you know, when you have, a, especially as a man, when you have somebody you can bounce stuff on, off of, like Sean talked about, it's not dealing with the distraction. It's not creating a distraction. Like, let me feel better for a half hour and then go move mm -hmm. on to something else. It's, all right, let's fix this problem. Let's talk about it. Why are you feeling like this? How... Because as men, and this could be a whole nother podcast, but as men, if we would hold each other accountable, but still have enough love to want to see another man shine and be secure enough to let that mm -hmm. happen, we could help each other so much. But that's why men have so many problems. That's why there's so many. That's a big reason why there's so much violence. That's a big reason why there's so many problems in the world, because men are always like, oh, distracted like this. And, 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 you know, a lot of times we do stupid things in our lives and we tell our friends to do the exact same things. Yeah. So yeah. it's like Xeroxing stupidness. It's like copying, pasting stupidness where if like Sean, like me and you talked about, and this is not like, yay, Jeff and Sean, it's just telling you an example of like, <clears throat> you know, look, hey, you're dealing with this problem. All right, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. All right, let's do this and this. What does that sound like? All right, good. How do you feel about that? All right, good. And we have that hard conversation. A lot of men don't have hard conversations. We just laugh and joke and move it on or hit clubs and that's it. If we would have those conversations as men and we would go to God as men, the world would be a whole nother different place. Yeah, but you're absolutely right with that. Again, um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in 
oh, man, I, and I mean, I could use so many examples. I've, I've been in a room with people that I know, or I've known almost all my life. Um, but you, you, there, you just can't. You, there, that the connection in which you want to just like you want to give them, like, man, this is what I'm struggling with. <clears throat> this is this right here is what I'm struggling with, and you know that if you give them that, what you're looking for, what you not necessarily looking for, but what you may need is not going to come back from that individual. It doesn't mean they don't care about you. They're, they're just in another part of their journey. And I, I could use the example of like my, my two brothers. I, I can't go, I, you know, my oldest is gone, but I couldn't go to them and talk to them about anything spiritually. Every yeah. time I talk about it, it, it would get shut down jokingly not viciously or maliciously, but jokingly, it would get shut down or made fun of. And yeah, like, like ain't nobody that, trying to hear that. Nope, not at all. Not at all. And it was um, it, it, it was tough, <laughs> man. It really was because you'd find yourself in myself. I'm talking about me. I would find myself in situations that I just not wasn't strong enough to walk away from or didn't feel um comfortable walking away from because it was more comfortable to be in the midst of some bull crap as opposed to like you know what this ain't for me man i i need to be on my own for a while before i, I know what my next step is and i'm not just talking relationship i'm talking friendship i'm talking job um i'm, I'm talking whatever it is that you do uh you have to find you have to find something greater in it than yourself because if not once again you will be drawn and moved by your flesh. That's that's just human nature. Um, visually, men, we will be drawn or moved by our flesh um, as opposed to, you know what, man? This just don't feel right. It, it doesn't feel right. And I'm, I'm wasting my time here. I'm putting energy into something right here, right now, that is not for me. And I could take that energy and put it somewhere else or, or, or bless someone else with that. And I haven't always been smart enough or wise enough or, or strong enough to, to do those things, man. So but you're absolutely right. If we as men <clears throat> held each other accountable the right way. That's 100%. And oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the, the right way. And that there, there is a difference uh, that goes back to what I was saying what you did and who you are are two totally different things. Um, I've, I've done some things early on in my youth, which I wouldn't want anybody to do. And I've, I've seen some things I, I pray no child would ever want to see. But if me and those individuals were talking now and we're laughing and joking and I'm saying to, and I'm talking, I'm talking to Jeff, like Jeff, man, remember back in the day when we used to do X, Y, and Z, like, oh man, how blessed were we to come out of that where we're still here to tell that story. And we're, we're laughing, not in jail. Yeah. Or not in jail, but we're laughing and joking about it. That is different from us talking about it and me calling you a thief or a gangster or or, right. or any, there's no any judgment of those there. Nope. It's right. like gratefulness. It's gratefulness right. and, and la it's 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 joyful gratefulness. Right. And then that's that's it right there, man. So there's a difference between what you did and who you are. And if you're hanging around with people who know what you did and and they, they, they love you regardless and they're going to love you regardless, that is what you want. If you're hanging on the opposite, if you're hanging around with people who know your history and know your past and they still see you there or want to keep you there, you need to get away from them. You need mm. you need to get away from them. Those people are not for you. They're not. A book of those stories. Yeah. Yeah, bro. <clears throat> and that took yeah. that took that took me a hard twelve years and a lot of embarrassment and a lot of why is this guy with you to the fact that it started to uh, throw shots at my name. Mm. So that that statement alone is a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, but real quick, like what you talked about, too, is an example of, you know, people may say, well, what exactly, you know, I'm dealing with this situation, what to tell a friend, like, how should I feel? So with men not being equipped or with men not thinking before what they say, and that's maybe why, and it's not an attack on men, because we're just saying, like, look, as men, we need to hold each other responsible and be there for each other, and we can be confident and still push another guy up the ladder and then he reached down and grabbed us and we help each other as men. But yeah. <clears throat> like, for instance, I came out at, I was, um, 
30, I think 34, and I came out and told my friend what happened to me as a kid that I was molested 20 years earlier. Never told mm -hmm. nobody. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, I feel naked when I put this out. I feel scared. Mm -hmm. I feel embarrassed. I feel like I didn't want to say it. There's no way to take it back. I'm like, every <clears throat> piece inside of me is like, bro, the next words that you say, please be careful. And mm -hmm. I was so embarrassed as a kid, everything else. And what he tells me, I say, yo, you know, I'm going to this. I'm going to therapy. I was molested at 11. I, I haven't told anybody for 20 years. It really affected mm -hmm. me. I'm having a lot of issues with it now as far as wanting to drink. I can't really handle it. I'm overloaded. He goes, dude, you scored at 11? That's awesome. <laughs> there wasn't enough cuss words to say to him. And there wasn't enough bones in his face to break. Like, right. as a man, I was just <laughs> oh, like, bruh. You have oh, got to be man. the stupidest guy in the world. You know what I'm saying? Damn. But it's like, but that's what I'm saying. So now I feel yeah. like not only did that happen to me, I'm still dealing with that. I'm like, right. what he just said to me gave me yeah. some sort of complex. So I'm just saying as guys, if we would mm -hmm. support each other, if we would do this, if we would, that's another thing too, is we need to learn to shut our mouths when our friends tell a secret, not go mm. post it on Facebook, not go tell six other people, not go this. There needs to be a, camaraderie and, and 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 a closeness and a trusting knit uh niche you know like togetherness as men you know that we need to step up and do we, we really yeah. got into this but that's just we just started talking about it yeah no you're absolutely right man um you, you want someone who will okay from from a male from a male and, and, and woman's perspective and this is just my own personal belief um if a woman tells you that she does not trust you or, or she doesn't trust men. I would dare to say that a lot of that, if not all of it, comes from a, a fidelity standpoint. I don't trust them around other people. I don't trust men in general, that all men cheat, those kind of things. That is my personal belief. On the flip side of that, I believe if a man has enough in him to tell you, well, you know, I, I just don't trust you. Typically, and I know I'm speaking for myself. I'm letting you know that because emotionally, I need to know, can you keep my secrets? Yeah. I, I, I need to know if I give this to you, will you use it against me? Or will it come up again? Where it And, and that will break you. That, that will break you. And I've been in that situation where it's just like, I trusted you with that. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing about it over here, or I'm hearing about it over there, or I'm hearing about it at the house. Mm those man it's it's, it's heartbreaking it, it, it's tough bro it really yeah. is it's tough and, and it's hard to come back from you know um, it is and it gives you such a complex moving forward in all your relationships not only as a man after the situation happens yeah we feel scrambled with life for yeah. we're mad there's so many like manly emotions that we go through as far as like anger insecurity like we beat ourselves up like i knew not to trust them and we and we we just it's like this instant 12 round fight we have with ourselves about the situation right after that. Is that, that that's so taxing on us. Yeah. No, and I for myself, I'm I'm always private, you know, or or I, I'd like to think I am. You know, people know whatever they know about me because I show whatever I show and it's what I choose to show. Um, but on the flip side of that, man, I'm guarded when it comes to relationship stuff. I, I, you know, I'm private when it comes to relationship stuff. And in order for me to be with somebody, the person I'm with has to feel that same way. You have to have that kind of, com not just that comfortability, but that level of protection with somebody. It's just like, you know what, man? I don't care how mad I am at you. I don't care. That part of you, that part in which you've given me, no one will ever hear. Or if they do, know that it didn't come from me. That's that, another that, podcast. Yeah, that, that is another if, podcast. If people would learn that, <clears throat> if people would learn that, I'll tell you right now, because I'm the same way and I was called crazy because of that. You were the mm. only person I've ever heard besides me, and it's not hand clap Jeff, besides me, because I said, when you, the more people you bring in the relationship and the conversation, the more opinions, the more problems, the more headaches. Yeah, true. Very, very, very true, man. Um, you know, like I said, my mom and pop, you know, you didn't see them communicate a whole lot. Never saw them sit down and talk about money or relationship stuff or things that were going on in the household. But they set that example where you could not say a bad thing about either of them to the, to the other individual. 
I wish and I would have said amazing. something. Man, oh, <laughs> bro. I, 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 if I would have tried to say something about my mama to my pops, oh, man, I would have said something about my, my pops and my mom because they protected each other. Yeah. They, you know, you saw that day in and day out. You know, you didn't have the other examples of, of love, of patience, of kind, of nurture. Of, of You didn't have any of those. But you knew that when it came to them against the world, it was just that. Yeah. That symbol you, of loyalty and, and mm -hmm. togetherness, and this is a fortress. Yeah, yeah, very, very true, man. Um, and I think as a family, we hold that uh, collectively of value when we look at it and talk about it now. Um, because I, I've never had a conversation with my father about any of my relationships, you mm. know, um, and that had everything to do with comfortability. That had to, everything to do with patterns of growing up or, or just he and I's um, relationship and how we talked about just life stuff. We talked about sports all the time. Yeah. All, that's all easy for guys to talk yeah. about. Yeah. That, that's what I was, I was going to say, man, because it's because it was the easiest thing. You get yeah. it? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I could sit in the room. I kid you not. I could sit in my room with, um, in a room with my father for an entire football game. And the only conversation we had was talking about what was going on on the television. And as soon as it was the, game, the safest and the yep, easiest, yep. it was safe. It was safe. And yeah. as soon as that, as soon as the game was over, all right, pop them out. Yeah. There, there was no, there was no other dialogue, man. And it's just, um, and I always swore if I ever had children, I didn't want that from them. Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, fortunately I, I feel blessed that my boys talk to me about any and everything. Sometimes some stuff is just a little way too much for me. <laughs> but I, <laughs> like, oh, dude. I'm like, okay, son, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that, you know, and it gives me an right. opportunity to, to, to practice, even at this age, you know, because my oldest is 17, and some of the stuff he tells me, I'll just be like, ooh, okay. Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's another level, yeah. It, it, yeah, real talk, bro. Yeah. You just sit up and listen <laughs> and absorb, because you, you don't really have, he's not really asking you for advice, he's just talking. You get it? So you, you kind of just let them have that. And, you know, you may agree with it. You may not agree with it. But you just kind of let them have that. And it's been good for me to practice. It right. really has, man. Um, but, oof, yeah, I, I don't even know how we got on that subject. Obviously, that, I don't that know. needed we just to be started rolling. Yeah, yeah, it did. <clears throat> we were <laughs> off and running with it. <laughs> <laughs> that obviously needed to be talked about, man. Uh, but, yeah, from, from a relationship standpoint, bro, um, you know, it, it's more important for me now uh, to find someone who's mentally, spiritually, and emotionally sound. So I wanted to ask you something, but then we we we, we took off on it. Um, I want to ask you a question real quick about relationships because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you got so close to it, and I've started doing this. <clears throat> and yes, all my relationships haven't worked out, but I've noticed they gotten better. Like from Jump Street, I will tell a girl like, if I love her, I will say, in my life it will always go like this. It will go Jesus, then you. And they're like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? And I said, you know, how it talks about in the Bible, how to always love God and put God first. I said, if I always love Jesus to put Jesus first, mm -hmm. I will always be able to be the man that you need to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is a very, <clears throat> I don't want to say uncomfortable, but it's a different conversation that people don't have every day. Right. And I feel like that because how you talked about when you guys came back from the honeymoon and it was just flesh and flesh and doing what you mm -hmm. want to do. I feel that that sets the tone and gives an opportunity for God to step into the relationship. And I was just wondering about your feedback because I don't have anybody to bounce that off of. What do you think about that? Uh, I, honestly, I, you know, you hear the term evenly yoked. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think if you have someone who understands God's role or, or, or you know, or, or whatever God's role is in their life, I, I think right. you can present that. I think you can present that all day where it's received. Um, right. But if you but if you have someone who's struggling with their flesh and who is in their flesh, they're not going to be able to receive that because they, they can't apply it. Right. Get it? Well, what, what do you mean? I'm second. I'm, I'm not right. challenging. I'm not challenging you. I'm not. I'm not taking you down a tier, but as we both, know, man, it, because 
if somebody who knows God's love, who knows God's grace, who knows God's power, who knows God's healing, who knows those things about him, if, if you're if you as a man is trying to stay connected to that, they they will know that you are always covering them. Mm. Always covering them. You know, I remember my godmom would always tell me, you know, son, make <laughs> sure you find somebody who's praying for you. And I that is so important. It, you know, I, I at the time I didn't get it. You know, early on I didn't get it. I'm like, well, mom, you know, mom, how is that going to translate to me being in this fruitful relationship that you keep talking about? Make sure you find someone who believes and who is praying for you. And she would make it. it she, she would always put it in so such simple terms, man. It's like someone who has something greater than themselves. Someone whose power lies somewhere other than what they're able to accomplish, feel, touch, communicate, something greater than that. You want to tap into that. Hmm. And you want to be the person that they're trying to tap into also. You want to get in, and she'd be like, you want to get into a blessing contest with somebody. That is Say that again. Want. Say that again. <laughs> you want to get in, you want to get beat, you want to be with somebody you can get into a blessing contest with. That's, that's yeah. life-changing advice. Big time, right? And I, I carry I carry that part with me all the time. And you know, you look at the God is going to keep making beautiful women. He's going to keep making you know handsome men. Those things are always going to be out there. I think for myself, I've gotten to the point in my journey where what gets me and what keeps me is totally different from you know whenever. I, yeah. I, it doesn't yeah you know or it looks this way or it says the right things or it's connected or it looks good on your arm or all none of that stuff. None of that stuff matters, man. None of that stuff matters. You got somebody who knows the very worst things about you, the very worst things about you. And because you and I have spoken and talked about this, my stuff is not easy. Right. My, my, it, it's not easy to absorb. It's not easy to hear. It's not easy to hold on to. It's not. Find somebody who knows those worst things about you and those things are okay mm. if you can start there that's that's the foundation that you want because you'll be able to see that I, I don't care what they're saying well I'm connected to God and I pray all the time and I blah and I do that okay well I just watch you curse out this guy over here at the Starbucks yeah with, with, you know and I, I'm, I'm not I'm not you know, I'm not gonna call you on it but I'm thinking in yeah. my head was was God in that conversation? Because you went from zero to one hundred in yeah. a heartbeat. You get it? Yeah. In a heartbeat, you reacted as opposed to respond. You know, and reactions have have like a have have a physical kind of a connotation to it, where it's just like, well, let me give this back to you. I'm feeling yeah. this way. I'm not. I'm not going to process my emotions. I'm going to take this and give it back to you the worst way I can. You hurt me. It's so like I'm a boxing match. Yeah. yeah. It's like a counterpunch. Yeah. 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 You hurt me, so I'm gonna hurt you. Nah, nah, nah. You, you, you know, and I'm just speaking for myself. You want somebody who's slower with that, you know, because I, I have really, really thick skin. So the stuff that bothers me, typically, you won't even know. Mm. <laughs> typically, <laughs> you won't even know unless it's something was like, okay, well, you've said that more than once. I need to address it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that this is a recurring different. situation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's different as opposed to I hate you. I've, I've yeah. been mad at be I've been mad at before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest, man. I'm like, you know, hey, I, I've been mad at. I'm I'm good with that. Uh, we, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine. Just know, I, I'm not going anywhere. You should know, I'm not. Go I love you, and I'm not going anywhere. I may say some things that come out wrong. I, I I may make some. I may not want to hear what you say. I my face may be turned up because I just being honest. I don't want to hear. It. And truthfully, I don't want to be wrong in this. Mm. <laughs> I don't, but I'm letting you know that I don't have it all together and I mess things up sometimes. I mess things up sometimes. I mean, you want somebody who's able to receive those things. And that's that's so oh go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, bro. But that that's I I'll leave it at that. But yeah, that's you want somebody who's able to receive those things. And and back to everything. This yeah. all loops perfectly back. That's the yeah. closest thing to God is love it, and rawness. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. And that's that's what I was going to say, man. And that's when when you're able to see that, it, it's it, it 
how how do how do I say that where everybody I, I don't think there is a way for me to say it where everybody understands. But when you're able to, to see that kind of light on somebody, you're able to see someone's heart as opposed to what is what, what you're audibly hearing, it's man, it's 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 magical. It really is. It's magical. I, I know this person's mad, but I know their heart. I yep. know this you person see them in sweatpants. Yep. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I know this person is upset at me, but I know their heart. Oh, man, yeah. oof. I, oof. I, I said that. I don't. Oh, whew. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm believing that me saying this or me demonstrating this comes out the right way, as opposed to hoping for that. You get it? Yeah. As opposed to hoping for that, it's like you know what, man? She 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 knows my heart. She knows my and, heart. She knows my heart toward her. And that's back to the love and rawness that we talked about. The love and rawness of 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 spirituality versus religion. You religion. know, religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, religion is like. To come inside this build inside this building, and you said it to begin with. You step inside mm-hmm. this church. You got to do A. You got to use the bathroom. B. You want to be mm-hmm. a part of this congregation. C. Jesus, mm-hmm. love me and accept me. Yeah. Rawness. Yeah, yeah. Because I I love and accept you. You know, and the same thing as relationship. Why Why is it so pivotal to get to that raw, stripped down, just complete emotional and spiritual nakedness because that's mm-hmm. where magic happens. That's where truth is and where truth is love can be. And, and, and you can build it from the ground up because it's not a house of cards. It's not, I thought you were like this on Tuesday, but Thursday you showed me this and then you're like this and you're like this and the whole house of cards falls. Wow. It's like Sean talked about when you know somebody at a spiritual stripped down, nothing to hide level you then can take that, respect that love. That takes power to show somebody mm-hmm. your rawness. That takes wow. power beyond belief, especially in this society. And to do wow. that, and when two people are like that and they add God in their relationship, that helps them experience love. That's like what Sean talked about, about being evenly yoked and about, hey, God is always number one to me. Hey, God's always num- number one to me. Okay, let's get in that blessing contest. Yeah. I believe your aunt talked about and it's like bam 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 and you're off and running and you're building to the sky because the foundation can stand we live in a society where it's fakeness and wonder why so many buildings of relationships crumble because they're built on a house of cards of foundation yeah Yeah. wow yeah that's that's powerful man and everything you just said is, is just it's running over and over and over and i don't have anything else to add to that me neither i don't have anything else to add to that man Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank you. And and I actually I needed this. <laughs> I Me need, too. I, I needed it. I needed it, man. <laughs> I know. It's just funny, right? Because unless you tell most, and this is just my opinion, unless you tell most people what you got going on, they'll never know. Never. You know, we we are so good at, especially men, so good at hiding mm-hmm. stuff. How you doing? Right. Blessed, brother. How yeah, about I'm you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing, man. You know Nothing. me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, but as opposed to, man, bruh, my girl mad at me. I was like, you know, I've been mad at before, but she's really mad at me now. You know, yeah. you, want, you want to be able to just, and like you and I have talked before, you want to be able to give these things somewhere. Because yeah. if you don't, they come out in other places that they They're don't need to, to come out in. They're, They're heavy, heavy to, to carry, carry, bruh. They're heavy to carry. It, it, it is a teetering pot that is boiling. You got you got to take the lid off that. You got to give it to somebody. You got to give it to somebody. And you're blessed in a sense if you have a mate that you can give it to. If you have a friend or a brother, you're blessed in that. But if you don't have anybody and you're not taking that taking that to God, you're in trouble. I can't do it. Yeah, I I can't. I I I tried. I tried countless times, as you know, countless <laughs> Me times. Too. Well, I, 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 I'm a guy. <laughs> I can handle this, you know, just give it to me. I'll, I'll displace it wherever I need to, but I'm moving forward. That is where I'm going. But then, you know, you're over here and all of a sudden you're blowing up at somebody over something that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, because life don't stop while we're carrying. Right. Exactly. More right. stuff gets added on and then we just yeah. finally break. And it may not be that person's fault, but that person's no. going to get all the weight <laughs> that we just dropped in front of them. Starbucks. Yeah, I'm laughing, man, uh, because I have to laugh at myself. 
Um, Me too. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I have to laugh because I know how I am with some stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know you. You about to catch this because I ain't gonna see you again. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so uh, and then you can just walk away, and you don't necessarily yeah, block feel you. better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily feel any better, but you got it off your chest. Yeah. You know. And imagine if you had somebody that you could do that to any and every waking moment, which you do. Which you do. Give, 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 give that over, man. Give it over where even if you don't think you're hearing anything back, you're hearing your own thoughts out loud. Yeah. Give it. Give it. God, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. This is how I'm feeling. I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. And you say that over and over and over and over. Watch the universe just absorb that and give you the answers to it. Watch. 100%. Yeah, watch it, man. <sighs> All right, I feel better. <laughs> That's going to be the name of a show if we do it together. Are we recording? Because we're talking to each other. And we're like, oh, by the way, we were ta- we both needed to hear this. And by the way, here's a show. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, I, was, I was like, man, I, Jeff and I need to do something together, like consistently. Yeah. Consistently, man. So, I would love and I, I, Yeah, bro, I mean, real talk, bro. I, I got stories on top of stories where it's just like, I'm right behind you. We got at least 13 seasons between the two yeah. of us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. I, I know you got a heavy day. Thank you for this, bro. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. I got to talk to you about something after the show, though. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to disconnect this part, and then we'll go on. But thank you for this, Jeff. I will talk to you in a minute. All right, brother? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, Sean. All right, bro. All right, bro. Me and the Crew, the 1523 podcast, is a Leverett Gang original, presented and produced by Sean E. Leverett. Caleb Emanuel, Noah Clarence, and Urania Celeste are Leverett Gang producers. Please listen, like, follow, or subscribe on your preferred platform to receive our content first.